0: Anybody want to hear a testimony? Anybody want to hear a testimony? Check, check, check. all right. Peter Pointer, where are you? He just took the offering back. Just got off of, out of the hospital from triple bypass surgery. He's taking the offering back. But we'll get him when he comes back. Ben Wolf, where are you? Come up, you got testimony. Come on.
1: God is so good and prayer works. A week ago Thursday, I got a phone call and I'm gonna lose it up here, but because God's good, I got a phone call that my mother had had a stroke. She had a stroke seven years ago. She can barely even climb the stairs. She crawls up and down the stairs, but all in all, she's okay. But a week ago Thursday, she had another stroke and this time she woke up in the morning She was getting ready for a planned procedure at the hospital that day. The doctors had taken her off her blood thinners and she couldn't speak. She took a shower. She was okay. Motor functions were okay, but she went to tell Alexa to turn on the lights and she couldn't find words to speak. And she tried again and she just mumbled and she knew she was having a stroke, but she couldn't even call 911 and she lives alone. So that day, she was rushed to the hospital by a brother who just happened to walk in the door at the right time. And she said, David, I'm having a stroke. Five days later, she was totally recovered. But that morning when I found out she was having a stroke, I got on my app, I was in my office and I got on my Strong Tower app and I sent a prayer request to Pastor Chris and to the team here at Strong Tower. And a lot of folks were praying. And it was amazing how fast she recovered. They also found she had an aneurysm and now she's under watch for the aneurysm. But after this, just healing is one part of the prayer. But then after that, how are we gonna care for mom? She doesn't have the finances for in-home care and she lives in a 160-year-old house by herself. So we're building an addition on my brother's home, but nobody knew how it was going to be paid for. Yesterday, she got a letter from the New York State Teachers' Pension Mom was a school teacher for 35 years before retiring. They made a mistake 10 years ago, they said in the letter. And they've underpaid her pension for the last 10 years. And they're going to make it right retroactively. (laughs) They're. So check this out. They are mailing a check. They are mailing her a check for $35,000. And, and every month they're increasing her pension payment by $500 a month. And there's a third part. My wife and I called mom last night, and she said, you're never gonna believe this, God is so good. The preschool at my home church, where I serve on the board of directors, every year I attend the board meeting, and this year they said they had a net loss of two thousand dollars or $3,000 in their operating budget, and they didn't know how they were gonna make it right. And she said, God just made it right, because now I have the money to give and make the budget right. Thank you all for your prayers. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Peter Pointer.
0: Come on, tell your family how you're doing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Run ready for this, but I guess i go ahead and say it. Oh, about the eighth of the month. I just drove in from work, sat in my car, had a heart attack. And uh, didn't know what was going on, didn't know what was happening. Went in, had myself checked out. I thought it was a mild case of heartburn, they did too. But come to find out I had a heart attack, my heart attack and heartburn at the same time. So they treated my heartburn. They ran, they did a test on me, found out I had three three arteries blocked. Two completely blocked, one 86% blocked. They took me into Vanderbilt. I sat around for about a couple of days. But, you know, I always kept my Lord, kept my prayer. My, I felt my family praying for me. My best pastor. Been right there with me the whole time. And uh, I went in on the Friday night, Friday evening for operation. Operation was successful. They tell me that I was talking Friday night. I don't remember none of that. But... uh <laughs> Saturday morning, I got up, and I looked up, and that's Pastor Jerry right there, and I was telling him I need to walk. And that was the next day I got up and walked. Sad morning, I've been walking ever since. Everything's been good. And feel 100%.
0: All right. Now, I was also told to uh, grab a couple of you to testify about yesterday at the Bless Fest, uh, starting with uh, Brother Terrence. Where are you, Terrence? I heard you have a testimony from the Bless Fest. Come on up, man. What's up, How you doing?
3: Hey, brother. <laughs> man. Man, um, yesterday was, was fun. Not um, right, there. I'm, I'm not used to it yet. <laughs> Yesterday was fun, man. Uh, we had a good time. Uh, cutting hair, um, when I was out there working the crowd as the people was waiting for their baskets of food, working the crowd, telling them that we're doing cuts in room 133, come on now, get your cuts, get your pedicures, manicures, come on down, working them, getting them to come out, and uh, I was facing this way when I was saying it, and it was a multitude of the people in the back, so I was just working, coming down, um, and I heard a voice say, yeah, I wanna get a pedicure, and I was like, you know, all right, all right, yeah, you can come on down to room one, but when I turned around, she didn't have no legs. So I was like, oh, okay, you can come and get a cut. You know, I had to switch that real quick. And some of the ladies there, they were laughing, but she was, she was, she was good about it. It was, uh, it was, it was we had fun. Um, went down there, uh, I cut a blind guy. Um, that was amazing. That was humbling. Um, he told me he felt like I had a good heart. And I was like, wow, that was, I was like, how did this dude know, you know? Um, he told me, he, he, I can tell you black. I ain't never had a black guy tip, uh, cut my hair before. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got done cutting them up. He loved it, enjoyed it. As we walking back, he wanted me to describe what was going on. And so I had to, literally, I was telling him, we got tents. We got kids running around. They face painting. Um, it's colorful. You got a pastor out here running around, talking to people, giving out books. Uh, we giving out food. You know, it's a lot of people out here. He was like, And he just had a smile on his face like, wow. And then he was, uh, he was wondering when the food was going to be uh, ready because he was hungry. So <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was fun. That was fun, too. So um, another thing that uh, stuck out to me, it was a young lady working beside me. This lady was getting down, cutting hair. I'm talking about getting down. She even fixed one of, one of the other barbers messed up on the head. She even fixed his head. And then, then, like, as she was cutting hair, I was talking with her, uh, and Joey talking with her, and um, it it was some other ladies came up. She ended up doing some hair. She broke broke out the flat iron, started doing some hair. Oh, look at her. Her name is Shawana, right there. Is she all right? Raise your hand. There she go right there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I said one day in the future, I'm going to work with her one day. We're going to work together. I I like her. She's She's a good lady right there. Um, I want to call out two brothers, too. I ain't going to say no names, you know, they go here, one wear glasses. Um, they kept talking about getting the edge up, and these brothers said, I'm going to come in there and get the an edge up, I'm going to get the edge up, I'm going to hit you up, man, all right, all right, you're going to be last because you're a volunteer, and uh, they never came back. matter of fact, one brother took my chair, said, oh, we were done, we're wrapping it up, we're out of here, so I ain't going to say no names, though, but, you know, I know, we'll find out later.
0: I need one of the ladies to come testify. Come on, one of the sisters, one of the sisters. Come testify about yesterday, how the Lord blessed at the Bless Fest. Any sisters want to testify about yesterday? or I'm going to have to pick somebody now. All right, come on, come
4: on. (laughs) Uh, So yesterday was a uh, true blessing to me. I forgot how... Uh, wonderful it felt to give back your time to those in need. Um, the last person that I met was a mother of six. Um, her name was Michelle and she had uh, just lost her benefit for food. Uh, she said she'd gotten a job but didn't have the bus fare to actually go to the interview or got an interview for a job. The day before her father had died and her she just admitted her 10-year-old son to the psychiatric hospital at Vanderbilt. And she said, I would just been crying out to God that morning because I didn't think I could take it anymore. I didn't know where my food was coming from for this month or this week. Um, and so what we did for her yesterday was so needed, was such a blessing. I was able to walk her, walk her back to her house with her food um, and pray for her. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know how things are going to turn out for her, but I, I just really wanted her to know that God loves you. And it's easy to say that to somebody, but yesterday we showed her that God loves her.
0: And Strong Tower, I I want to thank you for serving the way that you did. Um, You were all over the place doing so many things. Um, And I'm proud of you. I'm honored to be your pastor and to serve alongside of you. It was a great day, and it's just the beginning. Um, When people in the community begin asking, when is the next one? you know God's up to something. And uh, and the partnerships that are being formed in the neighborhoods, uh, wow, praise God. Uh, if you're in the ATI program, Paulist Training Institute, we have made it possible where you can get uh, credit towards your graduation by participating in what we're calling outreach practicums. So um, yesterday was an outreach, we have another one scheduled Uh, won't be as grand as yesterday, but we have another one coming on July 31st. Um, And and then there'll be other ways to serve. So we'll keep you informed on that. Um, And then also I want us to be in prayer for Isaiah's father. Isaiah is our student ministry director. His father passed away this past week and he's in Toledo, Ohio right now with his uh, family. So pray for them. They meet with the funeral home tomorrow. And, um, and the funeral is going to be on Saturday. Um, he is hoping and praying that he will get to preach his father's funeral. So those things are being discussed with family right now. So keep him and Rahab and the children <clears throat> lifted up. Then also, finally, I'm gonna invite you all to come out Tuesday night. Uh, there's gonna be a revival at Hope Church Franklin, which is on Columbia Avenue, 1715 Columbia Avenue. Um, I'll be there preaching along with our worship team, ministering in song. Um, It's being held at a church called Hope Church, but the church that's having a revival is a brand new church called the Empowerment Church that's led by a man named Walter Simmons, who is married to one of my spiritual daughters, Jessica Fleming Simmons. And so they asked us to start their three-night revival off, and I could not say no. So we're going to be there Tuesday, 7 o'clock, Hope Church Franklin. Uh, if you're in the area you want to come on by, come on by. And then today, uh, at the conclusion of this worship service, we have a volunteer appreciation luncheon. And um, you've been contacted, all of our volunteers who serve, <clears throat> you've been able to let us know through the app or through your ministry leader, whether or not you're gonna be able to attend today. So um, this, this luncheon is specifically um, catered for you. So I'm sorry, but I can't just invite everybody to come get this bishop's chicken after church. Uh, it's just for the volunteers and those who signed up and, because it's very specific how this is laid out. So the tables have been set. Um, the, the caterer is probably here now. So I probably better hurry up and uh, and preach the, the written word, the bread of life, so you can go down there and get some bread and all that stuff here in a minute. So turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. Wow. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, would die for me? Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 1. The Bible reads Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come i call our attention to verse 12 for our focus today where jesus says and because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold so pray with me as i speak on the subject today of the temperature of love the temperature of love let's pray Jesus, we are so glad and thankful that your word has been preserved. Thank you that when we read it, when we meditate on it, when we study it, when we apply it, we are seeing you in action. We're hearing what is on your heart. Thank you, God, that we have a record to know about the final days. And even though, Lord, we don't know all of the details, you've given us enough of the direction. And that direction is that you are coming. You will reign and you will rule. We thank you, Lord, that you've instituted the church and the earth until you should return. Thank you for the power that you've given us to preach the gospel, to be a witness, as well as to unlock the gates of hell. Thank you, Lord, that we can go in your name. And not only preach, but also touch. Thank you, Jesus. And now as we come to your word, would you help us not only to preach it, but would you help us to hear it? And then would you help all of us to live it? Thank you for what our ears have already heard today. Thank you, Lord, for how you're touching our hearts. Thank you that you've blessed us to be a blessing. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The temperature of love. In what has become known as the Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapter 24, because Jesus is teaching and preaching on the Mount of Olives, so this has been called the Olivet Discourse. Jesus tells his disciples about the end. Now, technically, based on uh, Mark's gospel, only four disciples come to ask him questions about the end times that will lead into this discourse that is recorded here in Matthew chapter 24. So Mark 13:3 says that it was Peter, James, and John, also known as the inner circle. They were the ones who were on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus uh, in Mark chapter 9 and in Matthew chapter 17. But a fourth one was added and that was Andrew. So these four men came to Jesus and asked him about the signs of the end of the age. Now, my question is, what happened to the other eight disciples? Why did only four come and ask Jesus about the end times? Because Matthew chapter 23 says that when Jesus was in Jerusalem, he said that, Behold, your house will be left to you desolate. In other words, the house or the temple is going to fall. So in Matthew 24, the disciples say, Lord, look at these buildings, these buildings are beautiful. They're strong, they're sturdy. And then Jesus says, not one of these stones will be on top of one another. That's your problem, you put too much emphasis in buildings and not enough in what God is trying to build in your hearts. And so later, the four of them come and say, Lord, can you explain this to us a little bit more Tell us about the end times and when you will return. And I believe that four wanted to know, but the other eight, perhaps they just wanted to hear Jesus talk about good times. They didn't want to hear Jesus talk about end times or even hard times. They didn't come to church for that. They just want to hear good times. And so four of them went. And so although many Christians will not have the same end time beliefs. Because when we look at this, it is hard to interpret. And based on our schools of thought, in terms of eschatology, our theology of end times, premillennialism, amillennialism, postmillennialism, all that stuff, we have different views of how Jesus will return. Although we may have these different beliefs, I do thank God that we all have the same end time hope. And that is Jesus Christ is coming. So whether he comes before the tribulation, in the middle of it, after it, or if he just appears, whatever the case is, we're just so grateful that he is coming again. Amen. And one of the signs that we see in the season of the Lord's return, because no one knows the day or the hour. So to try to interpret a date or something, that's futile. Only the Father knows the day when Jesus will return. But Jesus said we can know the season of his return. And one sign of that season is that the love of many people will grow cold. And so the thing about these signs in Matthew 24 is that they've occurred in every generation since time began. There's always been wars. There's always been famines and earthquakes. There's always been those things. But the closer we get to the Lord's return, these things are going to intensify and they're going to occur more rapidly. And so Jesus says it's like a woman in labor, the birth pains. And so, so a woman is pregnant, she's in travail, but the closer she gets to the delivery, the more intense the pain is. Can the ladies who have delivered babies say amen? Amen. amen? amen. And so Jesus is saying, when our beloved one comes, the closer we get to his return, these signs are going to intensify and they're going to be more rapid and so one of those signs is that people will not love each other. And so this Greek word here for cold, when Jesus says the love of many will grow cold, people will become more cold-hearted and cold-blooded before his return. So I had to do research on this word cold, and it's a Greek word called sukos, and it means to die out die out. The love of many will die out. The root of this word sukkos means to be without the spirit or to be without breath. And so it reminded me of when I've had to touch people who have been deceased. I've come on the scene right when people have passed. I've been, I've received a phone call and I'll go right to the home. And when you touch people who just passed away, their body is still warm. But if someone sits in that state for uh, a few minutes or more, then the body begins to get cold. Corpses are cold. Why? Because the spirit of life is no longer in them, keeping the body warm. They are dead. The breath, the life, the spirit is gone. And Jesus says, because lawlessness will abound in the last days. What's lawlessness? That is people living however they want to live without any respect for objective truth. Everything is relative truth. What's true to me may not be true to you, but it's my truth. And so there won't be respect for laws and respect for objective truth. People are going to do whatever they want to do and Jesus says, and when this happens, you can add to that, people's love will die out. It will grow cold. They will walk around like zombies. We watch those movies. Well, some of you do. I I don't like those zombie movies. But the zombies are dead people walking around. They don't have life in them. And so Jesus is saying, at the end, you're going to see people walking around cold-hearted, cold-blooded, not only doing any and everything that they want. As the prophet Isaiah said, they're calling good evil and they're calling evil good so they're living without any kind of standard and Jesus said their love is going to die out it's going to be cold but I want to let you know something that the people that Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 24 verse 12 where he says the love of many will grow cold I want to suggest to you that he's not talking about the world per se I want to suggest that he's talking about people who profess to know him as Savior. That Christians, our love will grow cold. How do I come up with that? Well, the Greek word for love here in verse 12 is the Greek word agape. This is not phileo. Two main words are used in the New Testament to talk about love, and phileo speaks of tender affection, brotherly love, kindness, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love, philos, phileo. That's not what Jesus uses here. He uses agape. So agape is a different kind of love than phileo. Agape is what Jesus demonstrated on the cross when he died for us. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the word love there is agape. Love is something that you demonstrate. Jesus demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners. In other words, he didn't wait for us to become saints. We couldn't become saints without his love. We couldn't get our act together without his grace. He died for us when we were lost because that's what agape does. Agape is a self-sacrificing love. Agape love is an unconditional love because if it were about conditions, then Jesus would have waited for us to get together, get ourselves right. But because we can't get ourselves right, his love doesn't have conditions. His love is what changes conditions. His love is what changes us. Agape love doesn't wait for you to get your act together before it goes into action. Agape love is not based on the goodness of the one being loved. Agape love is committed Even in the face of rejection, agape love is kind towards its enemies, Romans 5.10, because we were God's enemies, but he was still kind towards us. And agape love heaps coals of fire on the heads of enemies, Romans chapter 12, verse 20. And So the Bible speaks of if you have an enemy, feed him or her, clothe him or her. In other words, don't return evil for evil in Romans 12. Bless people who curse you. Oh, my goodness. Heap coals of fire on their head. What does that mean? It doesn't mean what some of us want it to mean. <laughs> in that culture, when someone was poor, when someone was destitute, and they could not uh, afford coals, to heat their homes, to put into the fireplace, or whatever the case was, to to, to stay warm, to cook food. The poor people would put pot pieces on their heads, and they would go around hoping and praying that people, out of the goodness of their heart, would take some of their coals and put them on their head so they can have something to heat their homes up with or wherever they may be residing out in the you know area outdoors so you would go around with this on your head hoping that people would put coals in your head and so what the lord is saying be kind to people even ones who hurt you because they still need to live as well they still need to have their homes heated be kind be gracious to them that's what agape love does it loves enemies agape love is a commitment of the will to do what is right even when it's hard which is why love cannot first be a feeling love has to first be a commitment of the will to do the right thing towards the person being loved which is why when couples stop feeling the love they don't want to be together anymore now they're succumbing to feelings But again, love is a commitment of the will. Agape crawls up on a cross and dies. Agape keeps his mouth shut when insults are being hurled. That's what agape does. Agape love puts itself in harm's way. Agape love blesses without looking to be blessed in return. Agape love inconveniences itself. Agape love puts other people first. Agape love lays its life down. Agape love sweats because it works hard. Agape love goes the extra mile. Agape love is willing to suffer. Agape love knows it will get hurt, but it loves anyway. Agape love forgives whether they are asked for forgiveness or not. Who loves like this? Who can love like this? I tell you who? God loves like this. God is agape love. Yes, he's holy. Yes, he's powerful. Yes, he's everywhere all the time. Yes, he's just, but I'm so glad 1 John chapter 4 verse 16 says that God is love. Love there is agape. So God is agape love, and he gives his children, that's us, the capacity to show agape love like he does. Oh, yeah, because if we're his child, we're to do as he does. And when Jesus even quotes that in Matthew chapter 5, about as your father in heaven is holy, so you be holy. Some versions say perfect. In that context, he's talking about anybody can love people who love them. Even the heathens, and they they do that. But I'm calling you to love your enemies. Because guess what? Your father causes the rain and the sun and all that stuff to shine and fall on people who hate him. So I need you to love people the way I love people. As your father in heaven is perfect with his love, you be perfect with your love. God, I can't do that in and of myself. That's why I got to give you help to do that. Because I can't love like that because I'm naturally selfish. But that's why we got help. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The word love there is agape. So when I became born again and Jesus said, you're going to get help, the comforter, When he comes in, he comes in with love. So the God of love pours love into our hearts. So we can no longer say as Christians, I can't love these people. (laughs) What we need to say is I don't want to love these people. (laughs) And Jesus said, the world will know that you're my disciples by the love you show For everyone That's your designer label Love Because you know how guys want to wear Gucci shoes Look at the designer label dog I'm down with Gucci You know they want to wear this Jesus said my designer label is love That's how people are going to know That you are my disciple Not by how much doctrine you know And that has a place Not by speaking in tongues Will they know that you're my, my disciple And that has a place for some of us Jesus said, no, by the love you show. That's how people will know that you connect with me because I am love and I demonstrated love and I expect and call for and have empowered my children to do the same. Because according to Jesus, we cannot separate our love for God from our love for people. Matthew chapter 22 Verse 37 through 40, when they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. So love. But then he said, but the second is like an unto it. You can't separate the second one from the first one. And that is to love your neighbor as yourself. Because a lot of people want to say, I love God. But when it comes to this horizontal thing, there is a disconnect. So you can't say you love God whom you have not seen and yet hate people whom you have seen. It's a disconnect. So if you love God, it will show up in how you love and treat people. Because as the Holy Spirit sheds love abroad in our heart, his primary fruit through us is love. Galatians 5.22, for the fruit of the Spirit is love. So he plants love so that love might grow up as a fruit through us. And again, all that unconditional stuff we talked about, that is love. And so the visible proof that we love God is found in how we love our neighbors, especially those neighbors who are destitute, especially those neighbors who are enemies. And if you live long enough, you're going to have some enemies. And God allows those people in your life to show you how much you are not like Jesus and how much you need Jesus to love like Jesus. (laughs) Oh yeah. We think it's just about the other person that we're struggling with. No, God brings them in your life so that it can be about you and that person that you're struggling with. Because they can serve as a mirror to let you see you are not all that you think you are. And if that doesn't humble you, my goodness because we are to forgive as we've been forgiven and we are to love even as we have been loved now love doesn't mean that you just tolerate all kind of nonsense because there's another aspect of love called speaking the truth okay (laughs) and if you love people you're going to tell them the truth (laughs) but sometimes it just don't come across in a loving way and we all need to grow Some of us need to open our mouths. Others of us need to filter our mouths. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Let me move on. (laughs) With God's help, Christians are able to love everyone. Doesn't mean we're going to agree with everyone. But we love everybody, including hurting people and people who hurt us. Jesus was on the cross being killed, and he said, Father, forgive them. That's our God. That's our Savior. And that's the one Romans 8 says, the Holy Spirit is conforming you to his image. So I know I'm not there yet. I'm pressing in this life. I'm being transformed One day I'm going to be made like Jesus when I see Jesus in heaven, 1 John chapter 3. But until that time, the Holy Spirit every day is making me more like Jesus, and it shows up in how we love people, especially those who are hurting and those who hurt us. It is elementary, but there are so many loveless Christians. Now, I believe Jesus is talking about Christians here because only Christians really understand agape love because God is agape love. He's the one who laid down his life for us while we were enemies. He's the one who changed us. The world doesn't really get that. But how come the people who say they know love, God is love, but we can be some of the meanest people you ever want to come across? There's a disconnect there. There's a place on Highway 100 called the Loveless Cafe. Came about in the early 1900s some folks named loveless bought this old hotel and transformed they called the loveless cafe and over the years different owners have had it but people come from all around the world to eat at loveless cafe because the name now there's a play on the name because it's not a place where you're going to go in and not get loved no it's a place where you walk in and get loved and there was this lady called the biscuit lady Man, not only did she know how to make biscuits, but she would come out the kitchen sometime and just give you a hug. So people would come. I mean, Oprah went there. Princes have gone there. All kind of people have come to the loveless cafe to get some good biscuits and some love. But it's a shame when we got loveless churches. You ever been in a loveless church? Now, a loveless church can be a busy church. That's what happened to Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. They were busy. They were doing all the right things, but they had left their first love. And Jesus is saying, I want your heart, not just your works. And when your heart is connected to me, your works will be that much more powerful. But I have something against you because you have left and forsaken your first love. You're doing, but you're not being. They were a loveless church. And when you meet loveless Christians, ma, my, my, my. Well, look at First John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. We know it. We, we're the people who know why. Because God laid his life down. God gave his son. His son gave his life. We know what love is. That's why we tell the world what love is. And then he goes on to say, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So we are the people who know love and we're to be the people who show love. That's what a Christian is. We know love and we show love. How you doing with knowing love? How you doing with showing love? I find that when I'm not showing love, It's because I got to go back and believe the gospel again that God showed love to me when I was just a mess and a wretch and undone. And if he loved me, then he wants to be a, 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 I need to be a conduit of his love by which he can flow through me. So if there's a disconnect, if it's stopped up, it ain't God, it's me. It ain't my neighbor or my enemy, it's me. I got to go back and not talk about how much I love God. I got to meditate on how much God loves me. And then when I think about how much he loves me, it frees me up. It unclogs the pipes like Pete had them clogged up pipes. Sorry, Pete, it just came right now. (laughs) God had to do some surgery when your heart gets clogged, because if you leave it like that. mm, mm, mm. Because if you stay cold, that may mean you were never warm to begin with. Jesus said the love is going to grow cold, meaning that it was warm. But now it's growing cold. And if you stay cold as a Christian, it may mean that you never got warmed up to begin with. Because when you meet Jesus Christ, he changes everything in you and about you. And he makes you love folk you never thought you could love before. And I'm not just talking about folks out there. I'm talking about the ones in your house. Oh, don't throw a shoe at the pastor. Verse 17, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? John, the disciple, he wasn't pulling no punches when he wrote 1 John. When he says, how does the love of God abide in him? When you're not helping people that are around you who have needs and you can meet them. How can the love of God be in you? In other words, you can't be a Christian if you don't love people who are around you and help meet their needs. Because that's what Christians do. We love people, not only spiritual. We not only say we love you, we show we love you. Love may start with a word, but it always ends in action. It's a verb, not just a noun, not just something to define and break down. It's something that we do. It's something that we are. So when we don't love people, that's like an oxymoron. A loveless Christian is an oxymoron. What's an oxymoron? It's a figure of speech that puts together two opposite things. It connects them as if they go together. That's like saying, um, uh, man, I got a bird that can't fly. Uh, I got a fish that can't swim. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to a bank that ain't got no money. That's an oxymoron. Bank and money go together, not banking broke. <laughs> Those things go together. Uh, a, a river that doesn't flow, that's an oxymoron. Going to a chicken place that ain't got no chicken, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> you ever gone to Bojangles or Papas? And they all out of chicken? Why is it open? Shut it down. I come up there ready to get some chicken. Y'all ain't got no chicken. That's an oxymoron. And a loveless Christian. Oxymoron. The Bless Fest was great. But watch this. We really shouldn't get a pat on our back because that's what we supposed to do. And when we go out again and we have earned the right to be heard and when we put our choir on the stage and when I began preaching and you're going out, handing out tracts and evangelizing, all the more they will listen to us because they see that we've loved them just because of who they are. Amen. My goodness. And we'll keep coming. We'll keep going. And so I'll close with this. We, we all know what has been happening at the border with children. We all know what's been happening. But the reason why it's happening is because people's love is growing cold. Okay, we don't need to get into the politics because politics, man, it is, one, it, it's, it is what it is. And we can debate it all day long, but we shouldn't be debating love. Love should be obvious. If you are comfortable with cruelty to children, your love has grown cold if you call yourself a Christian. If you say, but previous administrations did the same thing, your love has grown cold. If you say those parents shouldn't have broken the law, your love has grown cold. If you say the liberal media spun the story, it's not that bad over there your love has grown cold. If you talk about the rule of law, but not the law of love, your love has grown cold. And if you quote Romans 13, one through seven, but not Romans 13, eight through 10, your love has grown cold. Our indifference towards certain people is merely a reflection of our indifference towards God. We should love our neighbors in spite of their sin because we know that Jesus loves us in spite of our sin. This is why agape love is offensive to a cold-hearted Christian. Oh, man. When Christians lack love and compassion for people, it reveals that we really have left our first love which is Jesus Christ. But here's the question Pastor, my love gets cold sometimes. I get mean spirited sometimes. I, I don't want that to mark me. How do I get warm again? I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I don't want to be those people who supposed to agape, and I'm not doing agape love how do I get warm or even hot in my love again? Well, he said to the church in Revelation who left their first love, he said, repent, which means turn from this and turn to that. Turn from this and turn to him. Repent. You know, Pluto within our universe is the coldest planet in our galaxy. And the reason why it's the coldest and most frigid planet and nothing can live there because it's the furthest away from the sun. But within our solar system, the planet that is the hottest is Mercury and it's the closest to the sun. The closer you get to the sun, the hotter you get. And I'm not talking about the S-U-N. I'm talking about the S-O-N who spoke the S-U-N into existence. The closer we get to him, the hotter we become. The closer we get to him, we read his words, and we see how he feels about the family and about refugees and about children. Because, hey, he was a refugee himself. And again, love is hard, it's tough. Yes, it is, but that's why we need him to love through us as we're bathing in his love for us. We'll be less judgmental. We won't condemn. We we, we will open up our hearts. We will open up our wallets. We will open up our homes. We'll do whatever it takes because that's how God has loved us. Well, I'm about to lose my hangout card. Because I need to let y'all know, one of my favorite bands of all times. Y'all know it's Earth, Wind, and Fire. I mean, that's number one. (laughs) If at my home going, you know, I'm close to, you know, Jesus is either going to come get me or I'm going to him. And at my home going, I want some Earth, Wind, and Fire somewhere in there, baby. Wait a minute. You might go before me. But anyway. (laughs) And Tony, no, we we both earth, wind, and fire folk. I love Philip Bailey. But I also like the Bee Gees. I I get down with the Bee Gees, y'all. You know, that falsetto, man, it's just something about them cats harmonizing together. Well, in 1978, the Bee Gees sang, How Deep. See, y'all gonna help me preach this, ain't you? The chorus goes, How deep is your love? How deep is your love? I really need to know, because we're living in a world of fools bringing us down when they all should let us be. We belong to you and me. All right. Oh, man, if I could sing it, boy. You know what? I'm going to try it. How deep is your love? How deep? deep is your love, I really need to learn, cause we're living in a world of fools, bringing us down, when they all should let us be, we belong to you and me, da 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 I mean, hey. But I got a remix. Let the church say remix. Remix. Let the church say remix. Remix. How hot is your love? How hot is your love? God really needs to learn. Because we're living in a world of fools bringing us down but God gave us all that we need to love in word and deed thank you very much stand to your feet stand to your feet stand to your feet I don't want to be known as not being loving. I want God's Spirit to fill me all the time that I may be filled with the fruit of love. Not trying to make it happen in my own strength because I can't, but I'm able to see God's Spirit just work in me and I'm able to bear the fruit of love through Him, me working with Him, me submitting to Him me confessing my sins of selfishness and stubbornness, unforgiveness and lack of mercy to him is there anybody who says, you know what pastor if you're repenting about having a cold heart at times I join you the Lord spoke to me today, my heart it gets cold sometimes and I'm going to raise my hand as a sign, Jesus I repent soften up my heart Lord I want to get closer to you Jesus so that you can just make my heart soft again. That's all of us, huh? We get like that. But there may be someone here who may say, you know what, Pastor Chris, I heard about this love, man. Elder Jerry said earlier, someone thought they were going to heaven because they did good things. That won't get us to heaven. There's nothing good we can do to make God say, oh boy, okay, that will take care of all your sins. To God, that stuff is still filthy. The only way we can be made right with him, where he looks at us and we look just like his son, perfect, is to accept what his son did for us. And his son takes our sin and he gives us his righteousness. And the father accepts us because he accepts his son's sacrifice. If you want God to accept you so that when you die, And we don't have to wonder where you are. We know you're in heaven. It's because you received God's love. He accepted you because you accepted him. Now, I'm going to be standing up here at the end of service, and if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, come meet me. I'll pray with you, okay? And today will be the day of salvation. Then we're going to fill it out on this card, and you can keep this as a keepsake for yourself today is the day of salvation so so if the Lord is speaking to you saying I need to become a Christian I need to know Jesus I'll be here at the end of service if there's someone here who says I'm a Christian but I'm not a part of a church I know y'all got a class coming up for folks next month but pastor I want to talk to you about becoming a member of Strong Tower I'll be here also at the end of service you come talk to me and fill this out so we can know make a decision today don't leave out without making a decision All hearts and minds clear? Grab hands with the person next to you. Lord, it felt so good to love people yesterday. And we could see how your love was melting people's hearts. And we didn't ask anything of them, it was agape, Lord put into practice thank you that you allowed us to join you in doing what you do every day for every person on the face of the earth you provide oxygen and sun and rain even when people reject you and curse your name you still love them with the undying love really a love that did die Thank you for being loved. Continue to fill us up that we may go out and empty ourselves into a world that needs to see your love and hear about your love. For men and women to know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through him. Embolden us, Lord, to do deeds of love and to preach the gospel of grace. And now, Lord, as our volunteers go down, Lord, to be honored and celebrated, would you bless them? Thank you, Lord, that we could take one moment just to say thank you to people who work with children, who work with students, who lead women's ministry, men's ministry, who usher, who do so many things around this place. Thank you, Lord, that we could just take a moment to say thank you. Would you bless this meal for our bodies? For those who are going home, Lord, bless them on their way. Thank you for Strong Tower and what you're doing here. We run to you. Save us, change us, break every chain. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you.